Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And welcome back, folks, to another weekly edition of the NBA podcast on Across the Pond. Um, this week, um, we're delighted to have with us Mikey Clark um, from the Orlando Magic UK. Um, and if we just want to say hi, Mikey, and give a bit of an introduction to yourself. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Uh, thanks for having us on. Yeah, um, I'm one of the uh, co-founders uh, for Orlando Magic UK. Um, you can find us on... Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Um, yeah, and we, we basically got a, a nice fan group going online. Um, we did a we did a cool trip over to the NBA playoffs in 2019 with a group of us. Um, and yeah, we're just, we're just trying to build the community in the UK, really. Yeah, we'll probably um, get straight into a bit of uh, talk on the Orlando Magic then. Um, I've sure. got a wee, wee segment here just called Orlando Woes, um, based on the fact that you guys had the best start to your season in the past, what, 10, 15 years? And since then, it's just been injury after injury after injury. What's what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, it, it, was, it was before the season even started, the injuries were an issue. Um, Jonathan Isaac um, was going to miss the entire season. He tore in his ACL. Um, that he suffered in the uh, bubble when they had the NBA restart uh, for last season. Um, he was, he was, he's potentially going to be a future All NBA first team, um, All Defense player, potentially Defensive Player of the Year if he can ever get healthy. Um, so he he's already going to be a huge miss for us this season. Um, so we were out, we were without him, uh, James Ennis, Mo Bamba. 
um, and Alfa Rukamino, they were all missing to start the season. But yeah, as you've already touched on, it's, it's a historic start to the season. We started three, oh, sorry, we started four and oh, which has never happened in franchise history. So that that's a first. Um, and yeah, we, we got off to a six and two start. Um, and then we had a few injuries along the line. We've had uh, Evan Fournier, Chuma Rikiki, Michael Carter-Williams have all, have all got themselves hurt since then. Um, and we've been battling those injuries. Um, but yeah, six, six and two start. It was weird because it didn't feel like a six and two start. I know that's a silly thing to say, but we we probably played, I think we had the easiest schedule through the first six, seven games. So you knew the games were going to start getting a little bit more difficult. Um, but with the injuries there, you sort of think, well, we've got a little bit more to come, really. Um, and it's it's not really happened the last few games, but we're getting there. Um, and then we had the big injury to Markel Foltz, um, who who started this season looking like he's already taken another jump from last year. He had a career-high 26 points, I think it was against Washington. Um, and he's hit. 89% from the line this year, which is a massive jump from last season and his couple of years in, in Philadelphia. Um, and then he went and tore on his ACL um, against Cleveland in the first quarter the other night. So we're now without arguably our two franchise um, franchise players. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a hard one. It's a hard one to take. I mean, I, I've, I've kind of kept a bit closer eye on, on Magic this year, mainly for the fact that I've got Vucevic in my fancy fancy team um just because i thought oh so many injuries to big guys at the magic yeah it's got to be a it's got to be a pick up there um unfortunately for me though um it just seems now that trying to get service into Vuzovic is going to be a real kind of tough slog especially with um gordon missing a bit of time because what i kind of noticed over the over the course of the season is gordon takes on a bit of the kind of ball handling uh responsibilities yeah, yeah and he, he did that last he's probably one of the better ones to get into the post because he's got a threat that will drive into the post himself. Whenever Gordon's not on the floor, though, it just seems to be, you know, settling for jump shots or settling for outside shots every single possession. I mean, there was that game that we were talking about earlier on today about the the game against Houston, and it was just it was some bad basketball. For, I mean, yeah. not just from the Magic, but from both sets, but mainly from the Magic for the fact that they had de- the definite size advantage and they just they weren't taking advantage of that. What, what was What was your thoughts on that? Uh, well, the biggest problem is you, you're missing faults. Uh, we haven't got Martin, Michael Carter-Williams either, who who played back at point guard last year for us. Um, so we're now starting the rest of the season with a rookie point guard and Cole Anthony, um, who has who hasn't had an off season. He's, he got drafted. Normally, normally in the off season, players get drafted. They've got um, time to prepare for summer for summer camp uh, for summer league. And then you've got training camp to get them up to speed. He's had none of that. He's literally just been thrown straight into the fire. And he's looked good in certain games, but he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. So I think that's part of the problem. And again, you mentioned about the Houston game. Uh, when Cole goes off the floor, who's really our only natural ball handler, uh, we didn't have Gordon for that game. So yeah, like you said, we 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 lacked that little bit of um, creativity on the offensive side. But he returned Gordon returned last night. I think it was just, he was just sitting out for rest because he hurt himself playing in the bubble as well. He hurt his ams, his hamstring. So the magic have been, they've had him on a minutes restriction to start the season. They've been bringing him along a lot more slowly than they probably wanted to at this point. 
Um, so, yeah, I think you'll probably see Gordon's minutes go up now, which is going to be a massive thing for us. He's going to take a little bit of pressure off Cole Anthony. I worry a little bit about that because one of Gordon's issues probably over the last few years is there's been some games where we we lack a little we lack that little bit of something and, and Gordon sometimes tries doing too much um and he gets himself in trouble so hopefully hopefully getting him back and and Fournier when he comes back is going to be a big uh, a big uh, boost for us as well because he can handle the ball and and create some offense for us so hopefully if we can get some healthy bodies back that will make a big difference Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I actually, um, when we kind of started this podcast back for the year, um, I actually had the magic not making the playoffs and James was very, very cross with me saying, but they've made the playoffs the last couple of years and they, they look really good. And I was like, they just don't have enough depth. And as soon as one guy goes down, you know, you're going to see, you're going to see impact on the rest of the team. And it's kind of, it's kind of came true already, which is, it's kind of gotten for yourself. Um, but I, I do still think that they're going to be in and around that kind of playoff game, you know, the, the play-in game. That's mm. where I think they're going to, you're going to end up. Um, but with Gordon, as you said, with his minutes going up, I'm, I'm hoping that he doesn't try and do what he did last season and try and take on a bit too much because he doesn't have the greatest kind of jump shot. And no. a lot of last season, he was trying threes and, you know, trying to take on two guys by himself and, you know, kind of more of a kind of... Um, trying to show off of this is my team rather than the, the guys around them, which I, I've i been quite optimistic on how he's performed so far. He's kind of like kind of taking a step back and been more a facilitator rather than try mm. to do it all by himself. So that's that's probably one positive coming from the, the whole kind of injury situation, which Gordon is going to hopefully adapt to. Um, but w- w- what's your thoughts on Clifford's managing the minutes of who's handling the ball? I mean, you've got the likes of Bacon and Cole and obviously when Finier uh, comes back, he'll be handling the ball majority. What, what's your thoughts on who's going to be taking that responsibility in the in the first team, the starting five? Again, I think I already said it. Um, I, I think Fournier, when he comes back, you're going to see him take a lot more pressure off of Cole um, and that's going to be able to push uh, Gordon back into his more natural role, being able to post up players. Um and, and being able to stretch the floor now and then. Um, I'm going to disagree with what you said earlier about our depth, um, because I actually think this is probably, on paper, probably the deepest team we've had the last two or three years. Um, injuries have literally just derailed this team already. Um, and like you, I was sceptical about where we could finish this year because looking around everybody else, looking at other teams around us, they all on paper looked like they were getting better, like Washington and Atlanta. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think people oversee, overlook Orlando. And, and like you said, James has already mentioned, we already made the playoffs last the last two years. So why count us out again? But like I said, um, going back to, to the ball handling and, and Steve Clifford, I think he's going to put his trust in the vets. So he's going to be looking at Fournier. He's going to be looking at MCW when he comes back from injury. Um, Gordon and Vooch, they're they're really the four guys that are going to try and run a lot through. Um, Dwayne Bacon's been a nice fit in there as well. I'm not sure how, I'm not sure we want the ball in his hands that often. Um, There was a a few, there was a few possessions last night where I was seeing Dwayne Bacon take on 
two or three people himself and I was like, oh, yeah. I can't do that. It's not he tried a couple of step do. backs and it was it was pretty ugly. And I was mm. like, Oh, it's not your game. No you know your game. He's been he's been a really nice addition actually. Um because he played he played his rookie season under Steve Clifford before Clifford got let go in Charlotte. And he got th- thrown straight into the starting small forward position during preseason, and and he he looked really natural with, considering he hadn't played with this team before. Um, and he's had a couple of big games. I think he had seventeen points the other night um, against Houston. Don't quote me on that. It was something about that. And there was a game um, last week. He, he he scored seventeen or eighteen as well, off the top of my head. So he's had a couple of big games where he can score the ball. Um, Really, he's he's that fourth or fifth option you want. Um, he's really out there to try and put uh, try and put a bit of pressure on on the opposing uh, wings, really. Um, uh, and he's just you, you you just want him to fit in with 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 the vets, really. Yeah. So by now you'll have seen our website atpsports.net. You're going to admit, it's pretty awesome. It was brought to you by the team at Data Squared. You can find them on the web, datasq2.co.uk. They're dedicated to bringing you the very best in website design, hosting and security. Their aim is to provide you with the very best package you need to help you spread the word about your business. Data Squared will design and build a website for you. And they'll build it not just for desktop, but for all devices so you can be seen on the move. Data Squared will help you choose your domain, making sure it's relevant to you and your business, and they'll open up an online store for you. They have the tools um, so you can keep track of customers, their orders, stock, and much, much more. So why not expand your business online today with Data Squared? Visit datasq2.co.uk. Leads us on to the next and Tom Thibodeau about how his trust and vets have kind of got them into possibly a playoff team what, what's your what's your thoughts on the Knicks let's just hold on shall we let's see <laughs> let's let's see let's see where they are at the quarter mark I know we're only set nine ten games in I think they're five and four at the moment and they've had some nice wins they had a really nice blowout win against the Bucks at home um the other evening um and they've beaten the Pacers the Cavs the Hawks the Jazz um but I think some of those teams haven't quite found their rhythm yet so it's it's a bit like us, really. People didn't expect us to make the playoffs. Um, and teams like the Cavs, the Knicks, um, have really jumped on teams early when they're not at their at their peak at the moment. Um, so they're probably picking up wins that in a normal year or later in the season they probably won't pick up. So I'm I'm a bit bullish on the Knicks. Um <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Um I had them to finish last, I think, this season, which I actually, I'm still gonna stand by. But... I actually had the Cavs to finish last. Okay. And I, I was pretty adamant on that. I was like, yeah, Kevin Love's not gonna play much this season. You know, you're gonna get a lot of minutes from Andrew Drummond, who's gonna put up a lot of blocks and a lot of rebounds and stuff like that. But is he really an offensive threat? And no. like the start that they got off to was, you know, I was sitting there going, What what are we watching? What's happening? Have we, have we just yeah. flipped the league completely? We've got the Knicks, the Cavs, and the Hawks all leading the way in the East, which is insane. And Sexton, people aren't talking about Colin Sexton enough. He's he's been brilliant. I mean, we played the Cavs uh, twice last week, and 
Um, the guy's putting up 25, 26 points a night at the moment. He's shooting, I, I don't know, I haven't checked his numbers lately, but he was over 50% from three. Um, and yeah, I know in he's, the second game we he's played. Definitely, we... He's definitely one that can kind of turn it on and off. I mean, we've yeah. seen that in that game that he played three on five for the majority of it, which he dropped 40 in, which was crazy. Um, so I expect them to kind of come good in, in certain circumstances, but yeah. I didn't foresee that the Cavs are going to be, going to be anywhere near the playoffs this year, but no. I think like, they might actually squeeze into it. Yeah, like I said, I think when you get to the quarter mark and closer to the halfway point of the season, I think we'll start seeing the, the standings even out more to what we think they're going to look like. Because look, it's going to be a, a really weird season. There's all these different protocols that teams have got to, got to follow. There's there's no fans in arenas for a lot of the teams. Um there's going to be players in and out of lineups through COVID and, and injuries and all sorts of different things. So, yeah, I still think teams will 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 even out to where they should be. But, yeah, it, it's interesting. It's something to talk about early in the year, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think, like, the, the, main, the main reason that a lot of people are talking about the Knicks is that they're playing the traditional kind of Tom Thibodeau basketball, playing a lot of vets, playing a lot of guys, a lot of minutes. You've got Austin Rivers playing 30 odd minutes a night, which is is crazy. And that's obviously, it's empowering him to make comments like, I've been on bad teams before, but this is not one of them. And you're like, Austin, you're playing for the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> you're almost their starting point guard. Surely if you're their starting point guard and you've never been a starting point guard before, something's not right about that. No, exactly. <laughs> um, what you were saying there about the, the COVID and stuff like that, um, causing certain teams to, you know, uh, lose games that they, they're not really uh, thought of losing and stuff leads us quite nicely onto the kind of COVID spikes that's happening just now. We've seen over the past few days spikes in Philadelphia, Boston, Brooklyn. Um, you, I think we're going to, as 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 we were saying on one of the last podcasts, we're going to see a lot more of that after the kind of Christmas period. And I, I don't know how these teams are going to start coping with them, especially, I mean, that game the other night there with Philly, um, most of their team were out. And then suddenly Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons said, I don't really want to play this game either. And they had to be set out as well. So they had seven guys. And one of them was Mike Scott, who was not actually eligible to play because he was injured. But he stood up and took part in warm-ups. Like, I think he was just walking up and down the floor just so they could play the game, which is right. it's insane. Like, what, What's your thoughts on, on these spikes that's happening just now? Do you think this is going to continue? Do you think it's going to grow or...? I, th- I think it's a bit, I think it's worrying. Um, I don't know if you've seen the news. It was only broken about an hour ago. Um, Maxi Kleber, who plays for Dallas, um, has tested positive. Um, Dallas played Denver the other night, who had some positive tests. Um, and Orlando, obviously, coming off the game against the Mavs, who had three players sit out last night because of COVID. Um, and Maxi Kleber played 24 minutes last night against the Magic, and he's now tested positive himself. So is that going to have a knock-on effect for the rest of the Mavs roster? Is it going to have a knock-on effect for the Magic? Because you're going to have players who are exposed to him. Um, yeah, it's it's worrying. It's it's obviously unprecedented, and it's it's a really worrying time. Um, I don't th- I don't know how they're going to control it. Honestly, um, we might see the NBA take a couple of weeks and have a break and try and, and bring these cases down. Um, I don't think they're quite there yeah, yet, but that might be something that we might see soon. Um, I but think it is... what, you were, what you were saying there about the the Max Kleber situation, I think that's very similar to the Seth Curry situation that was the other mm. night. Like he played against the team the, the night before 
And then the next night he was ruled out for, I think it was like an ankle sprain they were saying. And then suddenly it was, oh no, he's tested positive for COVID. Yeah. And it was like, but they're playing in the nets right now. And I'm pretty sure he's still in the building. <laughs> yeah. What's going on there? Like, are they are they going to just suddenly say both of those teams now have the quarantine? But it was obviously limited to a certain number of people. And they've, they've also got really kind of strict and rigorous testing that's going on. Um, I think that's how KD might actually play in tonight um, after he yeah. got caught in the, the whole kind of test and trace the the thing there. Um, so it'll be interesting to find out if he's actually playing tonight after, obviously, he already had COVID um, before earlier in the season. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to find out if they clear him to play after his team, obviously, being in some very close contact with COVID positives again. So um, I, I, I really do worry that it might go into a case where they take a couple of weeks off and then right as they're coming back again, another couple of spikes and they go, oh, let's take another couple of weeks off and the season gets elongated even more. Um, I'm just hoping that they can avoid the kind of bubble situation for the playoffs again. I think that didn't really help a lot of teams and a lot of teams really struggled with the bubble situation. Um, so to see us get through maybe, what, three, almost three weeks without any real cases was really promising. Hmm. But now it's you know it's almost it's hit the fan and it's it's flaring up big sale. From what I can understand, I don't think there's any chance of a bubble situation happening again. Um, fr- from podcasts I've listened to, like Zach Lowe and Brian Windhorst and some of the other NBA ones, um, I don't think that's going to happen. F- as far as I'm aware, um, I don't know. It, it's it's a really it's, it's a moving target, isn't it? COVID and and you don't quite, you don't know whether you've got it, whether you haven't. Um, obviously, the problem with testing is you might have it, but you might be, you might show negative until you've actually got symptoms, and then by that time you might have already played a game. It's yeah, it's 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 a really weird time at the moment. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Hopefully, it doesn't affect the games. Um, maybe it's something. I, I know the NBA said before the season they've been looking at. Uh, leagues like the Premier League and the Bundesliga before before the NBA started looking at, at what other leagues are doing, protocols that they've got in place. Um, the Premier League seem to have it, I wouldn't say under control, but they seem to have um, their finger on finger on the pulse a little bit more. Um, so oh, yeah, definitely. there I might think, be an adjustment period. Their, um, their, their regulations are pretty good, but what I've been seeing from the Premier League is the managers are really not happy because there doesn't seem to be uh, a logical outcome of when teams can play and when they can't play. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that from Jose Mourinho. Uh, their team, Spurs, were playing uh, at half six and they didn't know until literally, I think it was like quarter past five, if the, t- if the game was going to go ahead mm. due to COVID outbreaks, which is, you know, it's not a good place to be if you're a you know top professional sportsman going to look at um, playing a game in about 45 minutes and suddenly getting told, oh, by the way, it's not going to be on because their team had seven or eight players ruled out. So it's it's a strange one. I think yeah. there's good and bad aspects from all leagues, um, but I, I don't know how um, it can be fixed. And especially, I think NBA is in a weird situation where it's one of the few leagues that's all indoors. So it's it's even more kind of close contact than, than football. And, um, and just... And just to touch on that as well, being indoors, because um, Orlando are actually one of the only, I think one of six teams that have only got fans in the arenas. 
Um, and there was something on a magic forum that funnily my, my wife pointed out to me earlier um, that apparently there's been some fans that have started had, having their uh, tickets that they've already bought for future games. They've started refunding the games because there might be talk that they're going to stop fans going to the arena. I don't know if that's oh, true, wow. but that's a rumor that's doing the rounds. So we'll see if that comes. We'll see if that comes into fruition. Really. Yeah, I think uh, watching some of these some of these games that do have fans in them, I have to laugh. Um, some of the the security that are walking about, obviously they'd usually like game you to your seat and stuff like that. But I don't know if you notice as well. They actually they all have signs saying, "Please put your mask back on." Yeah, because <laughs> obviously you see all these like the kiss cams and stuff like that, and the like the dance cams, and <laughs> you see them in the background waving the waving their big uh, signs at the, at the at the people. Um, having we dance, having we like sip a juice and stuff like that. Like after you've had your sip of juice, please put it back on. <laughs> we can get in serious trouble here if you don't do yeah. that. So yeah, it's, it's quite strange. Um, I think that kind of leads into someone else that's actually now possibly been ruled out for the next couple of games. Um, Bradley Beal, um, 101 points in two games. Um, is crazy. You know, that's it, it's some record record setting numbers for someone in, in a wizard uniform. Um, and he's you know trying to really uh, rally that team around them, but he's obviously now possibly caught in this kind of COVID tracing with the Jason Tatum thing. Um, obviously, the Wizards are not off to a really good start. Um, team issues with Russell Westbrook, him being hurt, not hurt, Wednesday playing and stuff like that's really kind of affected them. What's your take on on Bradley Beal's start to the season? Brilliant. Uh, one of my favourite players that doesn't play for the Magic. Um... He's leading the NBA in scoring 35 points a game. Um, the Wizards um, are, are scoring 119 points a game as well. Um, he's in a really tough spot. I don't think he's going to be there long term. I don't know what you yeah, think to that. I, th- I think it's just writings on the wall, really. Um, the Russell Westbrook trade was a gamble that they that was really worth taking. Um, they didn't really give up a lot to get him. Um, apart from John Wall and a future protected first. Um, but last year they couldn't defend. This year they couldn't defend. Um, I know the Russell Westbrook trade might have, uh, some people put them above Orlando as one of those teams that may, might have made a jump. Um, but if you can't defend, you're not going to win. You're not going to win many games. Or if you get to the playoffs, you're not going to win many playoff games if you can't defend either. Um, yeah, and now they've they've actually they've just lost their their starting center as well. He's yeah, he Thomas his Bryant. ACL. He's uh, yeah, torn his ACL, a, so he's out that's too. A, that's, a, that's a big one, a big big one for them because he's basically their main defensive anchor, and they've still got. I'm pretty sure they've still got Yamahimi, haven't they? And that's that's like their their yeah. backup center, and they they do. I mean, the positives for uh, Washington is they have a whole bunch of real good power forwards. They've got the likes of. Um, Bertans, and you've got um, who else do they have there? They've, Hachimura, they, Hachimura, and they've got um, the the young boy uh, Denny Adria, who plays that kind of position as well. So they they've got people that can replace the this kind of size of Thomas Bryant, but they've got no one that really you know has that kind of defensive mental mentality. Mm-hmm. I mean, possibly they could even play Russell Westbrook there. He's got that defensive mentality, hasn't he? He's, he's want to steal yeah. every ball from everyone. I mean, you you can only really see them playing small the rest of the way, can't you? Um, yeah. I mean, Thomas Bryant caused us some some problems. We played the the uh, the Wizards on um, 
we played the Heat to start the season. Then we had the, the Wizards back to back, which we won both games. Um, and that the second game actually basically summed up what the Wizards are like. We they had a seventeen point lead, um, and we come back and won that game. And we were and we were still trailing with a minute to go. Um, but I think it was either that game or the first one. Thomas Bryant actually caused Orlando a lot of problems, not on the defensive end, but with his energy on the offensive end, getting offensive boards and rebounds and putbacks. Um, so just, he's a bit like Montrez Harrell. His energy sort of gives the team a little bit of a lift. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a really big, he's a really big miss for them. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens yeah, with the Wizards. But I, I personally, they're gonna I, have, I, they'll have their nights. <laughs> yeah, I personally think they might they might try and move Beal on for some more picks and some younger players, and um, possibly kind of around the kind of All Star break time, just so they can get some value for him. Because I don't see them resigning him. I just I don't think that their their trade for Russell Westbrook was almost like a last roll of the dice to try and convince Bradley to stay. And I, I don't know that that's really worked out. Um, so, yeah. Has, he, has I, he got, I think he's got one more year on his deal after this year, yeah. I believe. Um, yeah. I, I, well, personally, I think the off season's the time to do that um, f- for Washington. I think, I think for a lot of teams, they just want to get through this season. I don't think, uh, I heard Zach Glow say on his podcast the other day that, there's a lot of teams really that weren't super motivated about playing this year. They just kind of want to get it over and done with and hopefully want to get back to some normality soon. But yeah, yeah it's the be, writing's on the wall. Way away. <laughs> yeah, the, the writing's on the wall for Bill though. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um a couple of other things that kind of happened this week. Um big one from uh Steph Curry. Um 60 odd points in a in a in a massive game there. Um he then also came back um against the Clippers. They were down uh by what twenty with twenty nine points at one stage or something like that. And then suddenly, you know, they went on a four to twenty six point run to, to come back in that game, which is it's insane. And it was kind of all powered by Steph Curry. What what's what's your take on the Clippers losing yet another really, really large lead? Um I'm not too worried at the moment. I'm not too worried at early in this stage of the season. Like I said, because of everything that's going on, it's a weird season. There's going to be there's going to be a lot of lopsided results and and things happening. I mean, they were on the side of a NBA hish. They lost. Uh, they were losing by fifty odd points to yeah, the Mavericks, <laughs> which was an NBA record last week. Um, which when you have got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, you don't expect to happen. Um, but uh, with Serge Ibaka being added to that roster and um, oh, what's the point guard that played for Detroit? Uh, Luke Kennard. Yeah. Um, they, they've added some nice pieces. I, I still like the Clippers. I don't think they're quite on the Lakers level. I don't, I think they're, I think they're still a level below them. Um, but yeah, would there's, there's going to be lots of. Would you put them ahead of the likes of Denver and um, Dallas in the kind of playoff race? Or do you think they're, they're, probably a wee bit behind them as well i would say personally i think denver and i think denver and the clippers are probably still a level above dallas um oh. personally i mean if you take if you yeah. take if you take luca off that team what they got left yeah that's, uh, that's, that's pretty true it's pretty true i mean, mean but i think that like dallas dallas have this kind of 
Um, they've got a lot of guys that can create their own shots mm-hmm. and they defend multiple positions. And I think that's one of the things that Denver kind of lost with getting rid of uh, Jeremy Grant and uh, some of the other big men like Mason Plumley um, in the off season. I think they're still kind of struggling to figure out who they replace those minutes with. They're trying people like Will Barton. They're playing uh, M- Michael Porter Jr. quite a lot. Uh, Paul Millsap is kind of he's been a, a factor in some games and then totally absent in others. And I, I still I still think that I would say that Denver probably a little bit ahead of the Clippers just for the fact that they've yeah. got Jokic and Murray, they can just kind of take over games by themselves. And I really still struggle to see who that guy is on the Clippers. I don't I, I, I don't think that Paul George is gonna ever be the guy to be a closing guy in playoff games. I've seen it I used to watch a lot of Cleveland basketball. So seeing uh, Paul George with Indiana and he was a real guy in Indiana, but he was also not the guy who was taking the last kind of couple of shots. He he would have the ball in the sands, but he'd always try and give it up. And he'd never really want to like go hard against whoever was within him, be it LeBron or uh, anyone else in that team. He was always again kind of shying away from that. Um, so I, I don't think he's going to be that guy for the Clippers. I think that they've got Nicholas uh, Batum now that could also be a bit of a factor. He's taken a lot of minutes away from Lou Williams, which is quite surprising because I thought that Lou Williams, they might kind of swap roles mm. and a bit more kind of offense because obviously that, that Clippers seems really, really strong in their kind of defensive roots. And I think if you added Lou Williams, if you switched Lou Williams and Nicholas Batum around, I think that would probably be a bit better for Clippers, but obviously... Um, Tyler doesn't think that's going to be going to be the way he's going to run things. I, I don't think I don't think Paul George is. I mean, he's still a hell of a player. I still don't think he's been the same since he had that leg break playing for Team USA. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm trying to think how long ago that was. What six years ago? Five six years ago now. Yeah. Um, it's it's an odd fit with those two because they play a similar role, don't they, George and Leonard? Yeah, and like you said, who who's the alpha of the two of them? Um, yeah, the, I, I still think they're a really deep team. I still think they're going to give teams the problems. I agree with you. I still Denver probably another level above that. Um, but yeah, I, I still I still think both of them are that little bit better than Dallas. Person. Oh, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> we'll see that. We'll see. How, we'll see how it plays out. I guess. Um, I think because I I really like Lucas so much. I think I've kind of just maybe put them on a. A different pedestal. I also really like the addition of Josh Richardson. I think that letting him be the guy who's defending a lot of kind of better point guards in the league, that is just, it's going to kind of tip them over the edge. I think that's what they were really missing last year. Mm-hmm. It always kind of tended to be um, Tim Hardaway Jr. or Luca defending the other team's best guard. And those guys aren't really known for their defense, and Josh Richardson is. So I think that that, you know, that might actually kind of tip the scales in there, kind of their favour. Um, one of the other kind of surprising results actually happened last night. Um, I was watching the game quite closely as Carl uh, Anthony Towns made, made his comeback last night. It was the Spurs v Timberwolves. Um, Anthony Edwards um, had a, a real chance to tie that game up. The last 10 seconds, Wolves need a three-pointer and they give him the lane and then he gives it up. He literally throws the ball back out because he, he realises I can't just dunk this. They, we need a three. And uh, they turned it over and they, they obviously went off and uh, lost lost that game in, in the overtime. So what, what's your what's your take on, on the Wolves and the Spurs this season? How how do you how do you feel that their their season's progressing so far? 
Um, I think the Spurs are who we think they are, to be honest. I there's, there's nothing there that really surprises me. Um, the Timberwolves, um, I, I don't really know what to make of them, to be honest. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is, is a hell of a centre. Um, I'm not really sure... I'm not really sure the DeAndre Russell trade's going to work out long term for them. I'm not sure he's that guy. Um, Ricky Rubio coming back was nice, and they got Anthony Edwards there, who's he's a rookie. I mean, I don't think it's you can't expect a lot from rookies in their in their first season. You can't expect them to take on a huge role and be a winning team too often. Um, I mean, they got Malik Beasley. I, th- I think put twenty nine points up last night against the Spurs, but he's had yeah, his off court issues as well. He's, he's um, a real baller. He's just kind of like every every now and again, he just has a massive outbreak game where he'll score twenty to thirty points and you know take over games. Last night he was he was absolute killer for the Spurs from three. There was like three separate occasions where shot clock's running down, they throw it to Beasley and Beasley just hits a three right in mm-hmm. someone's face. It could be it. Uh, Murray or Mills or DeRozan and stuff like that. It was just, you know, it was really nice to watch. But I do kind of agree with you. I think with the way that their kind of season's kind of shaping up, they've got, it's kind of what I said at the start of the season, they've got a whole bunch of guards. Who's playing those minutes? Like, is it Rubio? Is it Edwards? Is it Beasley? Is it, you know, D'Angelo Russell? Mm. They just don't know who the, who their main guards are. They just seem to have, like, four guards and Anthony Towns. And I don't think that's very winning. It's not a winning basketball team. Um, no, they, I, I like Brian Saunders, but I don't think he's he's all clued up as a coach yet. I mean, no. he he is the main reason they lost that game last night because he could have taken a timeout, and they had 15 seconds left in the shot clock, and he let it just play on. And you're like, oh, you've got to take a timeout there. You're down by three. You need a three. Draw something up. You've got two timeouts. Take one of them, <laughs> and he didn't. And it was just oh, it was so kind of almost heartbreaking to kind of watch because. Everyone seen what was happening, and as soon as Edwards got up in the air, he knew exactly what he'd done. He was like, "Oh, I, I like I said, Carl Anthony Towns is a really, really, really nice player, but I don't think he's that franchise player that you can necessarily build around. That might be a bit controversial for a few people, but I don't look at him as that player on a team that can." make you a winning team do you know what i mean and then you put pieces around him that that takes you to that next level um i don't know it's it's a difficult one i think they've put all their eggs in one in their basket with towns and i'm not sure he's good enough to make them a a year in year out playoff team and i don't know we'll see we'll see what yeah yeah i think it was i'm not i'm not convinced it was really, um, I just thought it was a real shock that he came back last night after dislocating his wrist. And last night, a lot of the issues with him on the court was the fact that people like Lamarcus Aldridge and uh, Kelvin Johnson were exploiting the fact he can't use his left hand pretty much. Yeah. Like the whole game, he was just kind of leaving it by his side. And it's like, why are you playing with one hand? I mean, you don't, need to win, you don't need to win these games. It's too early in the season to risk a major, major injury. Just, just chill. Um, so it was really, really strange, but he was, he balled out last night and the first, I think it was in the first four minutes, he got three blocks and to do that with only one hand is, is pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so props he's, to him. He is, it's tough for them because I mean, they're in the West. There's a lot of deep teams in the West. It's a bit like Devin Booker playing for the Suns for, before they drafted, um, 
Uh, what's the big man that they drafted? DeAndre Eaton. That's the one. Um, yeah. And then they obviously got Chris Paul this summer. But when it was just Devin Booker, when he was the guy, you're putting up a lot of numbers, but you're still a bad team. Yeah. Um, and I kind of look at Towns as that sort of player. He's a really good player, but he needs he needs more than D'Angelo Russell, which is what I'm basically yeah. saying. Yeah, I think I think so too. I think so. I think if you if you roll the clock back to when the Nets had D'Angelo Russell and he had that confidence with them, but that you know three or four months he spent at, at Golden State, obviously trying to be the guy next to Steph Curry for a little bit before Steph got injured, just didn't work out for him. You know, it really knocked his confidence something awful. And I think it's going to take a lot for him to get back to that Brooklyn DeAndre Russell where we've seen him just, you know, take over again single-handedly and randomly hit half-court shots just for the fun of it and stuff like that. I just don't think he's going to get back to that this season, um, which is a real shame for him. But, you know, I think they will still have a lot of kind of growing to do. I think they might sneak into the playoffs this year, but they might be that kind of play-in game type sneak-in. But they need a lot more out of DeAndre Russell and... Beasley and stuff just to help towns. Um, the the last thing can I cover um for today is have you got any kind of games that you're looking forward to in the next week or so? Uh, I've had a look through. There's I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat here. There's there's two games, but it's the same teams. Uh, Miami and and Philadelphia uh, play oh. each other twice this week, Tuesday and Thursday evening. Um, to me, they're two of the two of the probably upper echelon teams in the East this, this year. Um, I, I, I did, I think I might've said this on our own podcast on Penny for your thoughts, but I looked at Philly this year as one of those teams that could potentially win the East this year. I know the last few years people, people have looked at that, but I just feel like all the uncertainty and all the changes of other teams and, and other teams having a bit of a drop off and there's changes in Milwaukee with, with different players coming and going. Um, Doc Rivers is a really nice coach and I think he's going to make a big difference I see Daryl Morey making a, an in-season trade that helps put them over the top or, or makes them even better than they are now um, Miami obviously had a really good run to the finals um, in the bubble so th- that's my pick for this week is is Miami at Philly Yeah, yeah well I actually had a look at those games as well and I was thinking about saying that they were going to be my two picks as well, but then I, then I remembered, wait a minute, Seth Curry's out, Joel Embiid might be out, Ben Simmons is probably going to be out resting at least one of those games, and Miami will probably have at least one game less of Jimmy Butler because they seem to be resting him every other couple of games. So I do think that that's going to be a really good matchup, but I just worry about how many players are actually going to play that game. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's, that's a nightly like, thing. Yeah, that's my two cents on that one. I think my two games for this week um, is the Battle of New York. Um, We've got the Knicks and Brooklyn on Wednesday the 13th. I think that's going to be a real good game. I I predict, obviously, KD should be back by then. Uh, Kyrie might decide to play. He may not, you know. (laughs) We'll leave it up to him. He's got he's got no symptoms or anything. He's just decided not to play. Uh, <laughs> no injuries, no nothing. Just decided not to play. Uh, and then Tom Thibodeau is going to play uh, Peyton and Julius Randle and Nolan's Noel. Uh, no, he's not going to play Nolan's Noel because he's only played in like maybe five minutes in the past four games, which is really strange. Their backup centre has been Randle and stuff like that at the centre. And Oh, they've went and got Taj Gibson as well. So, you know, more minutes that are going to go to real kind of veteran guys and not play any of the young guys at all. <laughs> They've got uh, the likes of Quickly and um, who else is their young guys 
Frank Nilakina and stuff like that, who are literally hardly even seeing the floor. Kevin Knox is a real good couple of games. And again, he the other night there, he played like seven minutes. And you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> you got to play these guys. There's only one way to get them actual on-court experience, and that's put them on court. You can't not yeah. put them on court. Exactly. Uh, and my other uh, game that I'm going to be really looking forward to is actually one of the teams we were talking about earlier, um, the Phoenix Suns. They play uh, the Indiana Pacers. Both teams with really good records to start the season. And they have very similar rosters. They've got one good big guy or two good big guys and two real kind of quick point guards. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how they match up against each other because they're going to play a lot of the same kind of basketball it's high pick and roll screens and going to the basket. Um, not as many kind of lobs, but more of a kind of traditional nice little lay-ins and looking for fouls on the interior. So it'll be really interesting to see how they match up against each other. And that's on the Saturday. Um, that's that's my two games. What, what's your thoughts on those two games? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think KD was rumoured to come back this evening. So I expect him, I expect he'll be back for, for the Knicks game. Um, a little bit on Kyrie. Um, because uh, we're recording our own podcast tonight, so I've been doing a bit of research on on the Nets. Um, and I think he was quoted to say he just didn't feel like playing the other night. And from what I can <laughs> gather, I know it sounds silly, um, and I don't want to get political, but I think it has something to do with what happened in Washington the other day uh, in uh, the capital. Uh, um, I thought he just—I thought he just ran out of incense or something like that. You know, he couldn't—he couldn't bless the building or something like that just before yeah. he, he started. So <laughs> burning some uh, <laughs> some uh, sage or whatever he was doing. Um, <laughs> but he—he he also didn't support going to Orlando when they, the the NBA decided they were going to come back with a bubble. Um, yeah. And I think uh, Kyrie Kyrie's one of those players. I think he's very misunderstood. He's not liked by a lot of people. Um, I don't mind the bloke, to be honest. I just think he's a bit misunderstood. He doesn't help himself. I mean, when you just come out no, and say he, he just didn't feel eccentric. like playing. <laughs> yeah. If he had have said, look, I, I'm, I'm making a point. I don't like what happened in Washington the other day, et cetera, et cetera, then, then fair enough. But when you come out and say that, you're not really helping yourself. But um, so I think that might have had something to do with him not playing. And he, and he probably just, I don't know. We'll see, but on, on, that's that's probably the, that's probably that on that. Um, and the Suns game, um, yeah, I, I, like I said, both teams have got off to a really good start. Um, I think Indiana have probably got the most continuity of any team in the NBA this year. I don't think they change any of their roster apart from one player. Um, yeah, they they do have a real kind of they've they've always kind of had that. They've kind of kept yeah. their once they get a squad, they kind of just kind of keep them replaced a little bit. What yeah. I'm kind of interested in is the fact that. They've obviously lost T.J. Warren for the season, but they're actually getting Jeremy Lamb back, which a lot of people will be like, but it's just Jeremy Lamb. But I mean, I actually had uh, Jeremy Lamb a couple of seasons ago in fantasy, and he put up some ridiculous numbers in the absence of T.J. Warren. So I think that like they've lost a piece, but they've also gained Jeremy Lamb back, who should take a lot of those kind of minutes and a lot of the kind of same kind of responsibilities that, of T.J. Warren. So I'm pretty optimistic on on their kind of season outlook, actually. So it should be a good one. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's I think it's us done for this evening. Thanks very much for joining us on the on the Across the Pond podcast. Um, I'll let you get away and enjoy the rest of your night. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.